Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to All Sats, Aren't We? A podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings-on at Ellen Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Adam Elliott and today I'm joined by Tom Alderson and Martin Riley. Martin, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thanks. Um, It's been a while since we spoke. Um, Yes, it's been a fun day. Um, I've been to York today and been to Yarvik Viking Centre, so yeah, it's been a fun day. Yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, we have literally just recorded the review of the Ipswich game, which I hope you've already listened to before you're listening to this. And Toldo, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm probably about an hour more tired than I was when I you asked me the same question on this, on the um, Ipswich review. And I'm having a bit of an odd experience here that this is probably my first time not being on a pod as host in maybe like seven months. So and because I'm tired, I can just go to sleep when everyone else is talking instead of having to listen as a host, which is great. So like, if I just zone out, just like wake me up, please. I will, but none of that today. You can't can't be doing that at all. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, to be honest, I'm always professional. I always listen to what my um, the other person has to say when they're speaking. Don't worry about it. I mean, you've literally told me before that you zone out often when people speak, and you have to sort of like zone back in. But yeah, I believe you. We all we all believe you, mate. Don't yeah, you Dar- Darren and John were pretty good. That they always used to like say my name before they asked me a question, and then like that <laughs> woke me back up. It was like when I'd, I'd gone into like sleep mode. Yeah. Cool. Right, well, we're here today to preview the Sheffield Wednesday game. Uh, we're not going to talk about the news. We do record this podcast quite a few days before the game. Um, and, yeah, so there's no point discussing stuff. It's all going to be different. By the time you're hearing this, a lot of you might well be that we sound like three or four players because we are on deadline day week, you know, all of that. It's Friday. That's the deadline day. And we're recording this on Monday. So a lot is going to change in the next few days. Uh, our regular listeners will know that we don't do the, the news and, and we never will going forward. Anyway, um, yeah, we're not going to be doing the Salford game. Some of you, again, might be listening to this when that game's already been played. What did Darren say about cup football, Toldo? Just remind me. It's not real football. And we're not talking about Salford because they're not a real football club. Yeah, they're not a proper club. Nothing like Stockport, are they, Toldo? No, fuck them. We beat them in the playoff semi-finals last year. So, it's like, they didn't, they didn't get didn't there. didn't go did. up there. No, but neither did they. And how are you doing so far? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, cool. Anyway, yeah, so we're here to talk about... Uh, the Chef Wednesday game on Saturday, isn't it? And Martin spoke to 
Tom from Totally Wednesday, Total Wednesday, sorry, I should say, and asked him to preview the game for us, and here's how it went. Hi, I'm Martin, and I'm here today to be interviewing Tom from Total Wednesday. Um, Tom, how are you doing? I'm all right, mate. Well, as you know, I've had a bit of trouble with uh, some flights, but other than that, I'm uh, pretty good. Meant to be going on holiday uh, today, I'm meant to be there, but my flight's got cancelled, so... I'm as good as can be considering that situation. Well, I can relate. I've recently had um, a flight cancelled myself and we were at the airport for hours and we didn't know what was going on. Um, for anyone who's listening, do not use EasyJet. They are useless at telling you about cancellations. <laughs> um, but we're not here to talk about flights, even though that's interesting. We're here to talk about Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, so I'll get, get straight into it. I'll be honest, Tom, I'm well out of the loop of where Wednesday are as a club. Would you care to fill me in, our listeners, in about the last few years for Wednesday? Wow, how long have you got? <laughs> how long have you got to talk about Sheffield Wednesday's last couple of years? So, of course, we went down uh, two years ago uh, from the championship. Uh, we got the six-point deduction that would have, like, ultimately, that sent us down because of, we were put under financial uh, embargo, transfer embargo, and we had some issues with the finances at the club. Um, so, we went down. Uh, we had a year in. League One under Darren Moore, where we made the playoffs, but didn't get to Wembley. We got beat by Sunderland, um, and then we had a second season where we had the you know the very dramatic uh, playoff win, where we come back from uh, four down in the playoffs semi-final first leg, um, and ended up you know winning it at Wembley. So it's been fairly hectic ride in the past two years, but that is the the Sheffield Wednesday way. Um, We've had a new manager recently, you know, fairly high profile, Darren Moore leaving after that, you know, real big day at Wembley and, and, the, and the big day at Hillsborough when we when we come back from the dead against Peterborough. Um, you know, we're overgo- we're overgrowing at the moment, overgrowing a, a massive restructure of the, the transfer policy, it seems. You know, we've not had a, a foreign player being signed since Silasau uh, a long time ago. I can't remember quite how long that was. Um, but we've signed quite a lot of overseas players this year and we're looking to play a different brand of football, uh, which I think the fans are sceptical about, uh, especially considering the results. But it, it seems like we're not prepared to pay big wages anymore and we've, we're having a sort of restructure of a lot of things at the club. So we're a club in transition and I suppose we don't know what the end part of that transition looks like. So hopefully I can give you as much good information as I can today based on what I know, but there's going to be a lot of ambiguities and a lot of question marks for, for me personally as well, because we don't know what the finished product looks like. No, that's all fair. I know that there was a bit of a, quite a bit of a hoo-ha with your, your previous coach, Darren Moore, and um, he was, uh, there was some, some dispute about what contract he was going to be offered by your chairman, Chancery. Yeah, so um, he left, and it's quite interesting actually, because he left while there was a festival going on in Sheffield Town Centre, and he was spotted out with Chancery. Uh, on the Sunday, and then I think it was announced that he was leaving the club on Tuesday. So I mean, we've never, none of the journalists have asked, you know, what was actually happening on that Sunday when you were spotted in town together. <laughs> um, but uh, he kind of left on, I remember on a Tuesday, I'd just come out of the gym and I, I got the message, you know, just the one you don't expect after everything that had gone on. Um, and, you know, we, we were questioning whether he'd been sacked or whether he'd left and what the circumstances were. And I think because of the rumours and, and some of the speculation that were happening around that, the Chancery had chairman come out and, you know, it's not something I agree with washing your dirty linen in public, but he come out and sort of said that the reason is that it was about money. Uh, Darren Moore wanted four times his salary. Um, 
Darren Moore was silent on that for a, a large part, but then come out recently did the interview with uh, Sky Sports News saying it wasn't about money, um, but then did an, an article or, or did a, a follow-up piece in the Sheffield Star where it sort of confirmed that, you know, the baseline for his negotiations were that full-time salary. So it's been quite a divisive point amongst the fans and uh, I'm one of them that's in the camp of I don't I'm not on either side. I just want the best for the club, and you know I don't think anything. I don't think any good's going to come of this now. We just need to move on from it. But it's a real you know sticky point for some fans, and I don't. Uh, I'm just hoping that's the end of it now. With uh, with Moore and Chancery going back at each other. No, I fingers crossed that they get that sorted out and you get some stability. But um, you mentioned earlier about your transfer windows being a bit different to normal. Um, you've had you've brought in quite a few signs, I noticed, and some have left as well. But so the most notable one that I thought I'd recognise was Ashley Fletcher from Watford. But a few of the other signs have come straight into the side. Um, with I think Delgado scoring against Hull. Uh, what have you made to the players that you've brought in so far this window? Difficult to say because we've brought in ten. Uh, but one of them was on loan at the club last year, so you know it, it was it's almost not see. I don't see it as a as a new player when we signed Reese James when we had him, you know, last season. But saying that he's he's only played a handful of minutes. Um, Ashley Fletcher's barely played, um, and I think only five of the new nine have actually started a match for us this season. So. Um, some of them, like Paul Valentin, one of the more obscure players that we've brought in, we've not managed to see at all. Um, and Ashley Fletcher, like I said, has only made a couple of appearances from the bench. I think Delgado's probably been the one that's come in and, and played the most, and he's looked steady, coming for a bit of criticism yesterday, but I do feel sorry for him. He's played right wing, he's played left wing, he's played left wing back, he's signed as a as a right back, he's playing um, right back last season in Portugal. Yeah. Um I think he's a, a right back by trade. He was a, a quick winger in his early days. He's actually thirty year old. Um, so yeah, he's probably the one that's come in and had the biggest impact. But come under a bit of criticism yesterday. Uh, we we're doing this interview on um, on the other podcast on Sunday, so we just had the Cardiff game. Going for a fair bit of criticism uh, for his performance yesterday. But like I say, he was playing at left wing back. I don't think he ever played left wing back in his life. So he's been quite. Chop and change. Uh, we had a change of system yesterday where we play with you know some kind of variation of three five two, uh, three four three at times. Um, and but before that we played a variation of four three three uh, in in our previous three um, games that we'd had. So it's been difficult to assess the, the new players. Uh, Vasquez has come in in goal for us, uh, a loan signing from AC Milan, and uh, I think the consensus is if you if the the outfield players continue the way they're going. We might need Vasquez to go and play outfield because <laughs> he's really good on the ball. Um, maybe a couple of question marks over his crossing. Um, uh, well, when I say crossing, I mean claiming crosses and, and commanding of his box. I think that's a better way of saying it. But, you know, he's one of them where you look at him and I, I took my six-year-old son with me to see the cup game against Stockport and he turned around to me and said, Daddy, why doesn't why doesn't he play outfield? Because, you know, he's, he's, he was you know, dropping balls in the left, right, centre. So, um, yeah, I would say that Delgado and Vasquez are the ones that have come and, um, and had the biggest impact. In terms of the other players that we've signed, uh, we've signed a couple of young foreign players that, you know, looking at the data, uh, have high running outputs or have typically had high running outputs. Um, Musaba, who we got from um, Monaco, but was on loan at NEC last year and he was on loan at Heronveen before that and Mets and you know, averaging 
you know, three, four uh, progressive runs per game, you know, six, seven dribbles per game. And, you know, he's, it, even though he's only started one game for us, didn't play it all yesterday, which is quite confusing. Um, but, you know, against Preston, I think he attempted something like seven dribbles. Uh, it was quite bright against Preston okay. for, for parts of the game. Um, and we just signed a, a lad called Kasama, uh, who was from PSG, that was on loan. Um, in the Dutch League last year, I forgot what team he was at. Uh, but again, you know, high dribbling outputs. I think you know maybe eight, eight a game, uh, eight for ninety, and high progressive run outputs. So I think these signs, maybe more so in the signings than in you know what you can see on the pitch at the moment. But there are signs that maybe we're wanting that more energetic, youthful approach because I think last year we went up with the highest average age in League One. I don't think I know we went up with the highest average age in League One. Uh, we averaged thirty. Uh, our average age was 30. That's quite old. <laughs> I think we're bringing that down now to, I think it might be 28 at the moment, but we're still the highest in the championship. Um, that's the average of the players that have played. Uh, I think only West Brom are near us um, in terms of that average age. Um, but I think if you look at the squad as a whole, the average age is coming down because we've brought Masama in who's 19, Masaba who's 21 or 22. Um, Deshaun Bernard, who played yesterday, um, we got released by Manchester United. He's twenty two or twenty three, so you know we, we are changed down as well. well. That's good to see. And so speaking of the results that you've had so far this season, um, so, so far you've not had um, a great amount of luck. You think the opening four games have been losses, I believe. Uh, do you think these results were fair, or do you feel hard done by in any of them? Well, yesterday we've conceded a penalty in the um, in the ninety six minute to lose the game. So I think you probably. I'm going to say that, even though I think it was a penalty, even, I don't know if you've seen it, but Will Vokes sort of throws his arm at the ball. It might have hit his shoulder, but I think when you make that movement inside the box with your arm out and we don't have VAR in championship, I just think, you know, you're asking for a penalty to be given against you. Yeah. So I don't, even if it might not, it might hit his shoulder, but if the referee can't clearly see it's hit the shoulder and just sees the arm go out, then, you know, typically I think it's fair to give a penalty even if it you know, doesn't hit the arm. Um, so I, when you concede a penalty in the 96 minute, you can claim to be unlucky. I think if you look at the average goal, the expected goals yesterday, if you're going from open play um, and not, you know, don't count the 0.75 XG that you get from a penalty, then, you know, where we've got the higher XG uh, before that penalty. So, Suppose you could say we might have been unlucky yesterday mm-hmm. um, against Southampton. I thought we defended fairly well at times, even though it was deep. You know, it's a difficult one. We're the only play- team that's played against Jim Ward Prowse in the Championship. We're the only team that's going to play against you know Teller in the Championship, or one of only two teams that have. So we played Southampton at their very best, and we arguably at our worst with the disruptive pre-season that we've had. So I think unlucky insofar as. We were playing the best team in the league at that time when they can only be that strong. But in terms of the on the pitch, you know, Southampton probably deserved to win the game. But it was another it was another late goal. So we conceded, you know, late goals um, against Cardiff and against Southampton to to lose the game. Then we go and play Hull, and you know, as being your local rivals, you probably might not want to hear this, <laughs> but I think Hull are a, are a good team. Um, I, I don't think we just unlucky in that game, but Preston. Was, was the one for me. I think we should have had a penalty, a very clear penalty in the first half while we were on top. And then they get a goal from a very soft free kick. Awful defending from us, but, you know, very soft free kick. So and it, it was a nothing game, really, where they come to, you know, 
dig in and, and gamble on a set piece, and that's exactly what they did. So I think if we're going to point to one game where we were quite unlucky, yeah, it was against Preston. Oh, that's fair enough. Thank you for that. And talking about your actual style of football, um, when, when you've got the ball, how is it that you look to get, to get it forward and attack the opposition? Well, we, we played three games, um, or four games now, sorry, and we had a little chat uh, just before we started this about, about that, and it's it's difficult to say because it looked like that Munoz was going to try and get a supply out from the back, you know, trying to work it through the thirds. But that was fairly unsuccessful in terms of if you look at our XG, you know, we, uh, I think we might have mustered a one XG against Southampton and um, we mustered, uh, you know, less than 0.5 against both Hull and, uh, and Preston, despite scoring two against Hull, but, you know, on paper by data, you know, they were they were fortuitous goals, let's say. So it has been difficult. So it's difficult to say, you know, what what the style is because we we haven't gotten forward enough to actually <laughs> uh, to actually give a fair appraisal of that. Um, but you know, there were a point within Southampton, and it, it, it sticks with me when you know they were getting on top of us and everything was wanting to go long, and Munya sort of went to the edge of his technical area and demanded that we played it out shorter. Um, I've just been doing some data analysis myself, and from the players that played last season to this season, their um, short and medium pass percentages have actually drastically gone up by a mean average across the 13 players that are still left, around 6 7%, which is, which is quite high when you're at that top end, you know, going from an average of 80 to an average of 87. So we are a little bit better on the ball in this division, which is surprising considered that we've, you know, you'd expect to see the in, the inverse would be true when you're stepping up in quality, especially when I think we've, you know, I think we've played three of the top seven in our opening four matches. I think mean, we've come the fourth side, but we've played, I think we've had a fairly hard start. So you've seen that reversal where actually we're starting to look after the ball a little bit better. We just don't get it, you know, frequently enough. Um, the main issue with our attacking play um, and those that follow me on Twitter will know that I speak about this quite a lot. Is is the energy um, and the running output? You know the the, uh, the the key difference between League One and Championship. If you're looking at uh, averages in terms of the way teams play, is the dribbling and progressive run uh, the ratio of that to long balls. So the way that you progress the ball forward, either being a long ball or a ball carry is skewed much more in the championship to progressive runs. Obviously, long balls still happen at a higher rate, but the higher rate drops, the ratio drops. And, you know, if you look at the progressive runs uh, and the rankings, we are, you know, by far the lowest uh, progressive runs output team in the league. We average five per game. Rotherham are the next team to us. We've just under eight, uh, but the league average is 14. And some of the better teams, you guys, for example, I think will be doing 22, 23, 24, all carries per game. So that's lacking. We just don't have people to get us up the pitch. Like I said, the, the lads that we've brought in, that, you know, according to data and from the clips that we've seen, uh, the players to that, that they've not played enough. Um, against Preston, which has been the you know, most enjoyable game I've been to so far, uh, or what uh, we actually did 28 dribbles in that game, which is 1v1s, 28 dribbles and 1v1s, which is like, you know, above the average, uh, I think Masaba, who played in that game, was responsible for about half of that output. Uh, we had higher progressive run output as well. But then against Cardiff, uh, we went for a more last-year approach where it was 3-5-2, and we struggled for the, that, those running outputs. So I suppose, to answer that question, I, I don't know how we'll likely set up against you guys. It depends whether we go back uh, to what we did against Preston, playing the 4-3-3. 
and having some of the players in with the running uh, that are capable of the, those running outputs, or if we um, you know go for a more Cardiff style approach where we you know played a lot more defensive team with with less running output. No, that's all fair. Thank you for all that. So you seem to be in a bit of a transition in the way that, that you want to play, trying to get to play to a different sort of style. Um, but what about when the opposition has the ball? So how do you look to defend that? Do you, do, you, do you press high or do you sit back and absorb pressure? What sort of thing are you expecting against us? So again, it's going to be one of those ones where we've done different things in different games. You know, there's no clear um, what we do yet. It's, it's not been a, a consistent approach. So, like I said, we changed system. So against Cardiff, we've, we've played a variation of a three-five-two. But before that, it's always been sort of variation of a four-three-three. Um, at the first game of the season, we had a PPDA, which is the you know, if, if your listeners don't know, it's this metric that indicates where, how high you've pressed or how low you've pressed, really, or how low your block is. And we had probably the lowest I've ever seen, um, which was forty, which indicates that there was next to no passing at all. It means that Southampton. We're able to do 40 passes for every one successful defending action that we did. But then, you know, fast forward two games against Preston, we had uh, a PPDA of around six, which is higher than the highest team based on their averages, which was Stoke City at the time. Um, so, you know, we, we pressed against Preston. Uh, but, you know, yesterday it went down again to about that 15, 16 mark Um We've not done that well at recovering the ball high um, and there has been a lot of complaints amongst the fans that we are just too deep and, and that's also observable when I've watched the games as well. Um, so, yeah, our strategy has been out of possession to sort of sit compact and defend central spaces um, in three out of the four games, but then one game you know, we were a bit more, um, I would say, we were more we were more aggressive in our, in our press uh, we did have a player, Momo Diabe, who probably was the conduit to that because he, he was really good. Uh, it was his first game, but in the total Wednesday way, he uh, he got injured 60 minutes into his debut. But, you know, in, if you're looking at his, his metrics in, in, in that time, he was, I think he did like six interceptions. Um, he passed the ball twice as many times as he received it, which I, I like looking at how much a player receives it, how much a player passes it. Because if they pass it much more than they receive it, then it indicates that they've got in good breakdown positions, you know, to break down the play. Because, you know, you know, like I say, it makes sense. If you pass it more than you receive a pass, then you've picked up loose balls. You've picked up that, you know, the ball as it's in flight through interceptions or through a duel, etc. So he, he's the only one of our players that's got more than two times his, uh, his passing output to his received passing output. So it just probably shows you in that 60 minutes how much of the ball work that he actually did and enabled our uh, strikers to actually get on the front foot and to press. But you don't have anything to worry about because he's injured for a long time. Oh which is yeah, he was he's probably been the, the standout player, but he's only played 60 minutes and got injured. So um so yeah, sorry again, it's it's gonna it's another ambiguous one. Um I think if I had to guess that we'll sit deep against you guys because that's what we've done against all the other teams that are good. Um, I know you probably results haven't gone the way that you would like them to go, but I still think you're a good team with good players. So I can imagine that we'll probably look to defend deep against you. No, that's probably what I was anticipating too. Um, it it kind, of, kind of makes sense to not 
press too high against opponents who are looking to keep hold of the ball. But um, that's what Ipswich tried to do this this weekend. They were a lot more open and it was quite a fun game. <laughs> um, but uh, the next question I've got for you, who do you say are the players who are most important to the way that you play or most important for you to get a result against Leeds in particular? Pinto Vasquez is quite important. And, and this is why I'm... I know that there's been a lot of infighting amongst Wednesday fans at the moment uh, around Munoz and, and the identity and what we're trying to do. And even though it's not clear from watching or or even looking at the data lens at the moment what, what precisely it is what that we're doing, if you're looking at the players that we've brought in and what they can do, it can give you an idea of what the long-term plan might be. And we've brought in a keeper that can play. Um, and, you know, if you if you look at the clips against Hull City, he's dropping, he's dropping balls in uh, to Josh Windass. Uh, under pressure, when he's under pressure, he's dropping them balls into him, you know, on a sixpence where he can take it on his chest, turn and attack. So I think that in, we have typically tried to pass out from the back. So having Vasquez in goal for us has, has been quite useful in, in that. Um, I think George Byers coming back is a, is a very important player. Um He's got the most passes out of passes per game, um, apart from one of our defenders. So he's he's the one that will typically pick it up in midfield and try and, and, and transition that. I think if we are going to defend deep, we need something to keep you off us because if we don't have that, and this is the criticism that I had against Hull City, is I don't mind us being pragmatic and defending deep at times and. I think sometimes it's the sensible thing to do, especially away from home against good teams. If you step up, you get popped. It's it's as simple as that sometimes. But you need something to keep the team off you. And we didn't play Masaba, we didn't start him against Hull. And slowly and slowly Hull just encroached further and further and further into our areas. Um, and we just wilted under the pressure uh, at times. Well, the key times when they scored goals. Whereas I think if you have a striker that's got pace, where they're worried about that counter-attack threat, and it can sometimes keep them so they're not, you know, the pressure doesn't become overwhelming. Um, so I think, I'm hoping that Masaba plays against you guys because if we are going to defend deep, I want us to have that counter-attacking threat. Um, so I think if he plays, he'll be quite useful and someone that you and your listeners should keep your eye out for. Um, and then Josh Windass is quite important as well, just in terms of he's the other creative spark for us. Yeah, that's great. Uh, do you have any notable injuries or suspensions ahead of this game? I think you already mentioned one, um, that midfielder. Well, yes. I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying he's our best player, um, but he's only played 60 minutes, but he looked very good for the 60 <laughs> minutes. So he's injured. Um, but other than that, we've got Malik Wilkes, who's been long-term injured. Um, I don't think he's injured anymore, but just because it, you know he hasn't had a game yet for the 21s or anything like that, I'd be very surprised if he features uh, starting or even from the bench against you. Um, so other than that, I don't think we've got any injury concerns now. Uh, he's a player that I'm familiar with as well. He came through our academy, did Wilkes, I believe. Yeah, he did. He come from, he's, a, he's a chap lad. I know he's uh, agent um, Luke Tell James fairly well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I know he's a lead lad. Yeah, that's good. And could you give us your best guess at uh, what your lineup will be against us? Yeah, so... Uh, in the second half yesterday, we went back to something that resembled more of a 4-3-3 um, after going a goal behind. And I think that that's the formation that I can imagine us lining up in um, on, on Saturday when we play you guys. I would, I would, I'll go in probabilities as well of, of what, who I think is going to play. So I'm almost sure that 99% that, that Vasquez is going to play in goal. Um, I think Liam Palmer will be playing at, at right-back. So he was our right-back last year, started the season injured, but has played the last two games. So I can see that uh, he, he'll likely play. 
um, unsure at right and left centre back because that's where we've chopped and changed so much. And I just don't think that's useful to to chop and change your your centre backs. Um, Ethan Bernard, we signed from Manchester United quite late in in July, and you know hadn't had a pre-season. And he was one that we were looking for as our sort of marquee centre back signing. Uh, he played against Cardiff, and that, in my opinion, was our best centre back. So I think that he'll probably start on the left hand side of a of a mid centre back partnership. Um, and then either uh, Iorfa or Diaby. Iorfa didn't play yesterday, but I thought that before yesterday he'd been our best centre back, so that was quite surprising. Um, so I'm hoping Iorfa comes back in, but it might well be Diaby uh, as well. And then I think Famewo, who's a centre back, because that one that area caused quite a lot of friction amongst the Wednesday fans because we're playing a, a centre-back at left-back and had two sort of recognised left-sided defenders uh, in Marvin Johnson and Reece James haven't featured. And, you know, Munoz has been quite closed about why that is. Um, and then I think we go Barry Bannon. Well, I think the midfield three is easier. I think we go Barry Bannon, uh, Josh Windass and George Byers in the centre. Um we likely we'd start at Lee Gregory in every game this season, so it's likely that Lee Gregory will start up front. And then in wide areas, I'd imagine it would be Delgado and, and fingers crossed Masada that play. That's good. Uh, thank you very much for that. And we don't ask for predictions on this pod, but what I will ask is, where do you think this game will be won or lost? I, I think it depends. Uh, if we have an outlet, it, I think we're going to defend deep, and I don't think our chances are very high. If we go with what we've gone in, in the other games where we've defended deep, which is sort of Gregory, Windass and Delgado uh, as the front three, um, because I just don't think any of them are, are quick enough or dynamic enough to do anything to, to keep you off us. And I think that you'll just slowly, slowly encroach into our areas and we'll just give up on, we'll not give up, but we'll we'll fall under, you know, sustained pressure, essentially. Um so it really, I think if we've got a chance, it is on that counter-attack. It is on us, you know, defending deep and sort of having a, a smash and grab. Um, we've got a really big team and our XG from set pieces is too low. We've also conceded too many from set pieces as well. So I, I would hope that, you know, we do a bit of work on the training ground around set pieces. And I think that if, if we are to win the game, it's either going to be a moment of individual brilliance, probably on a counter-attack. And the players that can do that are limited to Josh Windass and Masaba. Um, and then, or if failing that, you know, maybe capitalising on a set piece, because like I said, we are quite a big team, or we do have some bigger players. So you'd think that if we do have a chance of winning the game, uh, that's what it'll be. That, that's great. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for joining us today, Tom. Uh, where can our listeners find your content? You can find me on Twitter on uh, at TomCoaching1 um, and then on Substack, it is the Total Wednesday Substack. That's great. Thanks very much. And I'll bring you back to the rest of the boys. But thanks again for your time. Bye. No problem. Thank you very much. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, that was good, wasn't it, guys? That was really fun. And yeah, so now we're going to talk about what Tom had to say. Um, another Tom, by the way. Just so many Toms on this the fourth podcast. Tom? No, it might be the fifth. You've got Woodhead, you know, you, you've got... Wilson. Wilson. Hostie. Hostie. It's definitely the fifth. It's too many of them. Too many of them. Call all the Toms, I say. They're taking over. It's the dream to have all Toms, aren't we, isn't it? That was the plan. Yeah, it was. Maybe we should change our logo again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to talk about the Wednesday game. Um, Tom said that they are likely to sit back against us and play a little bit more defensive despite trying a more progressive approach like they have in some games this season, which will make this a much more difficult, different game than it has against Ipswich for us. Um, we struggled against deeper blocks in some games, but now we have more attacking options. So do you guys think we could handle this better? I think we probably can. Um, Martin, I'll start with you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a different prospect with the uh, attacking options we've got now um, in some of the other games where we've had to play against deeper blocks. Um, we've not really had the talent to break them down. We've had games where we've had uh, Dan James on the left wing, we've had Shackleton on the right wing, and then we've had Jan Paveda in the middle. And it's just not the sort of lineup that you want to, against a team who's going to sit, sit deep. But with the options we've got now, who are, I think nearly all of them are capable of dribbling. Um, maybe not Perot, he's maybe the only one who's not a, what, good at direct dribbling. But he's good at carrying the ball, but it's not dribbling against an opponent so they can all do, do that to break it down we've got more players who can pass to try to get that incisive pass to get some through on goal so I think we've got players like Somerville and even Perot he can, he's capable of, of passing quite well and I think it should be easier for us to break it down it will obviously be still difficult because it's one of the things in football which most of the big coaches have struggled with at one point in their careers and trying to find solutions to breaking down those blocks has always been something that's hotly debated and lots of different attempts to do it and you've got teams like Brighton who try to bait the press and bring up opponents out and I think this lineup that we've got should be able to do quite well with it though but we'll see how it goes. Todd, all four of our attacking quartet scored at the weekend. Are you excited to see them again against Sheffield Wednesday? Or do you think it's going to be a little bit different when they're you know, sitting in a lower block, as Martin's mentioned? Yeah, I, I have a feeling that we might see um, a change from one of those four. I think it, I think Piro will play and Sinistera will play. Um, and I imagine Ruta, just because he's probably trying to build some confidence. So I'd say like you, I could see a situation where Nonto drops out for Somerville. Um, Farks hinted that he likes Somerville in that sort of 8-10 role through the middle and I think we've talked some of we've just spent an hour talking about this on the um, It's Which Review pod but that sort of tandem we saw between Pirro and Ruta might not suit a low block as much it might be easier to have sort of three more com- conventional I don't know mid- I know the wide players but like more midfieldy players um, obviously because we haven't got an 8 or a 10 at the time of recording and it might an 8 slash 10 sorry at the time of recording and I imagine they won't be thrown straight in if they are signed in the next few days Um and we haven't really got yet that sort of player that can break down a defence, so he might just go for like those sort of players behind Piro and make Piro players a more uh, conventional, not a more, a more sort of standard striker rather than someone that's going to drop in and play that pass off. 
Uh, but yeah, like Martin said, we've got we've got the players there that even if the first iteration of that front four doesn't work, we can bring options off the bench and hopefully that can the, the pressure we can build can cause them issues. Absolutely, completely. These guys have just been promoted from League One. They've uh, sacked the manager, as, as has been mentioned, with Darren Moore leaving the club. And um, they're currently on zero points, so this should be really easy, right? Where can they be hurt? What would you say, Toldo? Where's their biggest weakness? I think it's it's, it's not that they're... <laughs> This is, this is actually going to sound really bad. I don't think they're particularly weak at one thing. I just think they're bad at a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, so um, I've I've actually I've seen I saw I went to uh, Hillsborough when Stockport played Sheffield Wednesday in the League Cup, and I just was not impressed at all. Um, like Stockport in League Two for people that don't know, and they just they, they, it was an even game, and like so, Sheffield Wednesday got lucky to even like scrape that last minute goal. Um, so I think the the thing that I think will happen here is that what will hurt them is that. They won't be able to. They 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 won't not going to have like sustained pressure as uh, possession on us. So we'll just be able to build the pressure, and eventually that, as we've seen in in lots of different games, it's like that pressure will eventually count, and we'll just be able to break through. And the the difference in quality between our that like they could be hurt because they've got League One quality players really, and we've got Premier League quality players. That that should be the difference, right? Yeah, it should be really, shouldn't it? And. You know they're not a particularly intense team. They're not particularly possession heavy, so it, it it is difficult to see how they might actually hurt us. But what would you say, Martin? Do you think there's anything else that, that that you'd like to add in terms of like specifics that we can get out for them? I think it's mainly a continuation of what Taldo said. The differential in our our attack and their defence is quite massive in the gap that it is there, and we shouldn't be able to have a problem with eventually breaking it down I think I think we, we will have to try it may not come immediately we'll have to be keeping hold of the ball a lot recycling possession being patient that's going to be the most important thing is being patient with our attack and not forcing things not giving silly turnovers but that's something we'll come on to in the next section but I think we just need to I think we should, we should be able to hurt them in a lot of ways if we approach the game in the right way yeah absolutely um and kind of the flip of that, the reverse of it. Where do you think that they might hurt us um, in this game again, Martin? So yeah, like I mentioned, if we if we give the ball away in areas that we're in mid transition, giving the ball away around the, the middle third, they do have a couple of players who are capable of carrying the ball and attacking with speed. And we'll come on to the particulars of who that will be in the next sections. But so they, have, they do have players who are able to carry the ball if they do play them. I know Tom from Total Wednesday mentioned that they're not not sure if one of those players will play. But if if you don't, if they do play, then those will be players who we should be aware of. And they've also got players who can hit pretty di- good direct balls, so they can they can be very very direct and efficient in that sort of way. It's just whether they've got the players who will be able to get on the end of those and be efficient in, in our box to score. So the, the, they, have, they have got some capability to hit, hit us in, in counter-tracking situations. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that we have to be aware of. Make sure that our rest defence is set and we've got players covering and we can uh, when, when they try to get forward, we pin them back and win the ball back straight away. That's what we need to be crucial with is those second ball moments and getting those nailed down. Anything you want to add, Tolder? Is there anything that you are particularly worried about in terms of where we might struggle against them? Or is it more about individuals? The, lo- the long balls was what I was going to say. I think, obviously, we saw that was an issue against Ipswich. The only thing, this different, the, the difference here is I think 
Sheffield Wednesday will be camped so deep that if it's if it's going to be a long ball, it'll probably be to like one player, and they'll, they'll either have to hold it up or sort of just go direct to goal. Whereas like against Ipswich, it was kind of like it was more of a I don't know a, a, a your a transition like of the whole team rather than an individual. So whilst I think that's where they could cause us problems, it doesn't it doesn't worry me in the same way that we will we did see against Ipswich. I think. Yep. Yep, I completely agree with that. Um, one player in particular that I think is quite adept at those long balls, I think both of you probably have earmarked as a, a as a player to look out for for them, is uh, Mr. Barry Bannon, which I'm sure a lot of Leeds fans who know, they might not know a lot of the Chef Wednesday squad, but he's one player in particular that's, that's quite well known in the Championship. He's been there for a long time now. He also played for Leeds very briefly at one stage. Um, can you tell me a bit more about him, Martin? Yeah, he's a he's a very good midfield player for them. He's um, one of their key key players in in trying to keep hold of the ball when they do try to possess it. Um, he can lay a ball on a, on a on a pin from distance. He's very good for his direct passes and long balls. So that's something we need to make sure we don't give him time and space to pick out those passes. That's going to be very important. Is keeping him on the leash and making sure that Ampadu is all over him, basically, or just or even someone one of our more attack-minded players, keeping keeping track of him because we've got a lot of pace in our attack and that's something which Bannon doesn't possess in, in abundance now. He's getting on a bit. So I think that that's something which we need to try to keep track on and make sure that he's under wraps. But yeah, he's a, a very good player even at the age that he is now and is something that we will have to be aware of. And he can also hit a shot from distance as well. So we need, we need to make sure we don't let him shoot from distance as well, I think. He's also pretty good from set pieces, and he told Owen. And as uh, Tom said in in the interview, they have like three really tall centre backs that they play. One of them they play at left back. They've also got Lee Gregory in attack. They've got quite a bit of height in their time, team. Is that an area that you're concerned by at all, especially with Bannon's like quality of delivery? Yeah, of course. Like we and I, I don't think I will ever trust Leeds at set pieces, um, even if they sort of maybe probably look a bit more solid at them this year, maybe. Um, I think that the thing with that is more. I think you want to stop them getting the opportunity to win those set pieces. Um, obviously, like corners, you're, not, you're probably going to stop. But like, don't give away stupid free kicks. I'm, I'm sounding proper like Neil Warnock here, but yeah, don't don't <laughs> give away like stupid free kicks, which allows them to get, get like get the players up the pitch and put them into these tall players. It was that's the way I'd probably go about avoiding it. Really, um, what one thing I'll add on Bannon actually is obviously that we talk about a player that have a good and a bad effect, but. The good is obviously his on-ball ability, but he's so passive in what little press I expect Sheffield Wednesday to have that I think it'll just be easy for us once we have if we win the ball back in our own half that it'll be so he'll allow us to sort of just move forward and then just set up in our attack in our attacking phase in their half and so I don't I don't worry about like a player like Bannon winning the ball back off us um, in a high press or even like a mid block so I, I think that's. That's the, the the balance you take with someone like Bannon, isn't it? Yeah, I completely agree. Is there anyone else for either of you that you are particularly worried about for them? That you know, a, a particular kind of threat that they might carry, or a player that really is worrying you? I think Tom mentions um, Anthony Masaba, and he's one who will be a threat to us. Um, he is very good at carrying the ball, and is also very quick. Uh, you could say he's uh, Dan James in that respect. Um, he's just lightning on the ball and we'll have to be able to keep keep track on him um he i think he was signed this summer um from nec nimenjin he's actually saying that right in the area area so he's he's got quality he's still he's quite young um but he's and he's not really played too much in the past few years but he does seem to be 
taken to the championship quite well. He's not played too often for them just yet. I think he's mainly been playing off, off the bench, but I would expect him to start because they'll need someone who can carry the ball to make any difference against us because we are going to be keeping hold of the ball more. So if they don't play him, that would be the main threat, which I would be worried about gone, to be honest. So so that's the, my, my biggest one to, to keep an eye on. I'd agree with that. He's he's very tall. He's very direct. He's he's very fast. So that that could cause some problems in transition for sure. But in general, this is quite a weak Wednesday squad. I think we have to say, and and I don't think there's much point talking about particular weak points in their team because I think there's quite a lot of players that you would consider as being League One quality. I would just maybe mention a couple of defenders. They've got um, Iorfa being one and Palmer being another. That they're quite. I think quite a few of their players are like this actually in in defence. Um, quite aggressive they'll they'll get quite hands-on and I think they can be caught out in that sense as well probably give away quite a few thousand free kicks around the box for us so that could be a, a good thing for us and I don't think like particularly with Palmer that he's he's you know what he was a few years back as a as a championship player he's he's been in league one for a while now so that's what I would say personally I don't know if there's any other weaknesses or or players you want to target for us or if it's just kind of a collective thing like I say a lot of their players aren't aren't quite at the level nope no, okay, nothing more to add. We'll move on to the uh, Leeds analysis section then. I'll start with you, Toldo. How do you think Leeds will set up in possession for this game, both structurally and tactically? And what might we do sort of specifically in this game that might be different from Ipswich, let's say? I think it will look similar to Ipswich. Uh, the differences, as I, I, I mentioned in a previous answer, is that I, I think we won't see that sort of tandem from Ruta and Piro. I think we'll see Piro players more as a your normal striker and I think I could even see like a change in personnel um in that back three behind it. I think the actual tactics of what we're doing will be then mostly the same around that but like the what what the the three behind the striker are doing, if if what I've said is right, would would probably look a bit different because it's like more of a, a winger in there rather than Ruta who's like a more of an inside forward sort of player. Um so yeah, I think that might be how we sort of adapt specifically to this game against a low block rather than more a, t- a more sort of even team like Ipswich. So we're going to be on on top most of the game you're expecting and that's going to be the main main difference us kind of for the most part sustaining pressure camped in their half sort of thing. Yeah. Um would you agree Martin would you say that's the same or was there anything else you'd add? I think Tom's covered it there it's it's we're not going to do anything different um tactically for this I don't think. Uh, it's just going to be personnel who will change more than anything, and that will influence the way we attack their box. And I don't think there'll be anything different, even out of possession, um, because I don't, I don't think Wednesday will put up a right big amount of fight. So we can probably skip past the next question, to be honest, because it's going to be pretty lot largely the same. We'll still be looking to possess the ball. We'll still be looking to play play it patiently through the thirds and trying to work an opening around their box to, to score. Yeah. Lovely. Is there anything out of possession that you think will be different, Todd, or is it largely the same again? I think because of the nature of the game, that will will we'll be like the more dominant team, and it'll be more like they're in a deep block. I think it might be easier to sort of counter press when we lose the ball because you're hoping that like the spaces between our attacking players is a bit shorter, and like if with a week of training, they might be able to sort of work on that a bit more. Um, because obviously against Leeds, which with the na- nature of the game as it was, the, the, it was more they might struggle to do that. Well, they struggled to do that counter press, especially with, like when the the players aren't really happy to do that unless Dan James somehow comes in. Um, so I think that might be the only difference that I think we might be able to deal with the the press a bit more and like stop those long balls. Really, 
Is there a player or any players you can see having a big impact on the outcome of this game from Leeds again? This could be a good or a bad one. I'm going to start with you, Toldo. So on the good side, I'm just going to say like the front four again. And I think this might become a bit of a common theme for this this question. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail. I think we've said that enough about them. Um, I th- the the only one I will probably single out is Piro because I think he'll have to work play as a striker in a slightly different way to what he's, exp- he's he did in the last game, um, and which will be quite interesting to see if he can do that or not because it will be a pretty common problem for Leeds this season. And then the bad one that I will point out, and I don't I don't like pointing out Luke Ayling, like if it is Luke Ayling that's starting, but I think that will be the space that when you could see Wednesday potentially target in behind him if he's because he will definitely be pressed on in this game because of the amount of possession we'll have. Martin? Yeah, no, largely the same as what Taldo said. The weak point, as much as I don't like to say it, it is Ailing. Um, he will be a target for them because he's probably the weak link in, in our defensive structure that he will be able to got, be got at by, especially if they play Masaba on that side. Um, that could be a match made in hell for us. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely one of the weak points which they'll look to exploit. And regards to the, to the good, um. Uh, It'll be a bit of a change of personnel, I think, and I could definitely see Dan James coming straight back in. Managers love him, and I, I think I could see him coming back in, and he'll be a big part of what we do well as well. Um, his delivery into the box, hoping it's been as good as what it has been recently. He has been pretty good with his deliveries, so if if he can keep that up, that'll be important. And getting Perot to make sure he's occupying centre backs and making good runs beyond them, that's going to be so important as well. Um, but he's a sort of player who does thrive off. Those sort of moments, I feel, and as soon as he gets a little bit of space in the box, he can get a shot off and he can hit it very, very hard. So I think that him, him as well, him and whoever other wide players are going to be very important in putting good deliveries into the box when we're not able to get the more creative, incisive passes in. I'm, I'm personally just hoping with the ailing thing that um, they're so passive in their press as they were against Southampton in particular and we have so much of the ball that it doesn't really matter and that he doesn't get caught out too many times in, in transition or on the break or whatever because obviously when you're playing high and wide as a right back in this system and you lack pace, it's it's definitely an issue and he does. Um, and I'm just hoping that we have so much of like, the possession that it doesn't matter and we're just sort of penning them in their half. But I guess we'll see. Um we kind of talked about a few players that we expect to start, but uh, Toldo, what do you think the lineup will be for this game for Leeds? I think it will be the same as the Ipswich game. The two changes, as I've said before, is I think it will be Somerville instead of Nonto. That's going to be my guess. Um, but it could be any of those. Well, not Piro, but I'm probably not saying Asteria, but the either Nonto or. Who's the one I've left out? Ruter. I think he'll. I think Somerville will come in for one of those two. Um, but I'm going to say it'll be Nonto. And then I'm going to go for new left-back that we're going to sign this week. Leeds United are going to sign a left-back this week and he's going to play at left-back <laughs> on Saturday. So that is that is my big guess for this one. But apart from that, yeah, same. What other nine players are the same. Yeah, on signings, I think it would be nice if we had players earlier in the week so they could uh, have a bit of time to bed in and, and sort of have a little bit more understanding before the game at the weekend. Obviously, Perot didn't have that and didn't have to have that particularly because he, he went straight into the team against um, Ipswich after only arriving like a little over 24 hours before it and, and played well. So, I mean, there there could be a player that slots straight in like that, but obviously we don't really want someone joining on Friday and playing on Saturday if we can avoid it. Martin, anything to add or is there any differences to your sort of predicted lineup for the game? 
Yeah, I think it's largely going to be the same what Taldo said. Most of the back four will be the same. Um, it would be nice to have a, a left-back come in. And if a left-back does come in, I could possibly even see Jamie Shackleton playing a right-back. Uh, that is something which as I've been wondering about. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that could could be an option. He's got a bit, bit more recovery pace than Ailing has, so I think he may be able to do it. But, again, we may even get a right-back in, so we could see maybe... Jeff Spence line up there, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, that brings out some strong feelings to me as well. I, I really would, would like that to happen, um, but a lot can happen between now and Saturday because it's, tra- it's the biggest week in the transfer window, and Adams will be very busy this week. And yeah, so the, there'll be a lot of activity. So it could be a few new play- players who play, especially since we've got the cup game during the week. So, so there'll be some players who are playing in that, so they may not want to. Um, play them again to risk them and it's possible even players like Archie Gray could come out if, if a new player comes in however I think most of the options that we're looking at maybe haven't played that much football recently and I, I, I think especially Kamara and Amiri those two haven't played a lot the other guy um, who we've been, been looking at um, I forget what his name is from the Japanese lad what's his name Tanaka is it? I can't remember nope can't remember yeah. either <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, I think it, he possibly has been playing more games. So he, if if he is one that we bring in, he could m- maybe come in. Considering we've got that game on Tuesday as well, and the front line, if he's fit, I think Dan James is starting. I'm sorry, Taldo. I think he will start. <laughs> I think he's going to be one who I think that Fark is going to use a lot of, and I think he does like him. I th- and he's even been using him on the left wing. Um, so yeah, I think. There, will, there could potentially be a lot, a lot of changes to his lineup, I think, and it's quite hard to predict at the moment what that will look like. Just for some clarification on what Martin said about me being busy this week, it's in fact because I am actually the new Victor Orta. I am now the director of football at Leeds United, and I'm going to be signing players all week. That's what I'm going to be doing, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no loan clauses, please. No, no, I'll, I promise not to. Yeah. Promise not to. If we get relegated again, I don't want to like lose them all in League One. What's a League One? Yeah, <laughs> playing Stockport next season. Um, I might put clauses in that, that mean that Stockport can sign them all for free or whatever. Oh, that, now we're talking. Yeah. What do you guys expect watching, just to summarise, watching this game of football will look like? I'll start with you, Martin. So it will be us dominating the ball quite heavily and us trying to break down a low block from Wednesday. Wednesday will try to hit us in transition, trying to get the ball to their wide players as quickly as they can to try to target the space at our right back whoever it will be if it's hailing that's been the space they'll, they'll target that we've already mentioned and it'll just be a case of us trying to break down that block and stopping them from from breaking on us that's so yeah that's all i can really say what the game will look like it's going to be a battle of wills who can keep keep the low block and stop us from attacking or us breaking through it told her you, you'd imagine if we score first that might be curtains for them you imagine that that if, if we do get that early goal, this, it could look quite ugly for them, could quite, look quite messy, especially with the attackers we've got right when they have to come on towards an attack. When, when we get the early goal, we'll absolutely kill them. That's my answer to that question. <laughs> uh, and where will the game be won or lost, Holdo? Uh, it'll be won because we're mint and they're rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Vibes it. Yeah, literally. Yeah, it's like, this is what you ask for on this tactics podcast. This is what you. It's get. like I said, like when when I saw Wednesday play against Stockport, I was so like they're just rubbish. I've got like I I honestly can't say. And like this is like a famous last word, but like, I honestly don't understand how we would lose this game if it was to happen. <laughs> Gonna lose. Nah. There was- <laughs> Final score was Leeds nil. Sheffield Wednesday won with a late goal by Barry Ballon scoring a penalty. 
Yeah. I feel like I've seen that before, actually. That's like, that must have happened before. It's it's quite interesting, you know, just, just to talk about that for a very quick second, that the Watford time that Cisco, the Watford team, sorry, that Cisco had was really fun and like exciting. But this Wednesday team, they've been absolutely dross and like they've already lost four league games and you think if they lose one or two more knowing what their owners like it wouldn't be surprising at all to see them make another change would it so get Darren yeah, Moore back in <laughs> it might well be yet yeah. we'll have to see yeah anyway Martin where, where do you think this game will be won or lost if you can give me a, a slightly more serious answer man what's serious what you want to know <laughs> <laughs> I meant every word <laughs> I, cu- I couldn't give a more vibes answer than what Tom gave unfortunately um, but the it will be whether we can break down their low block that will be it. That if we can break down their low block in the in the first half and score an early goal, like we mentioned, that will be it. I can't see them mounting much of a comeback if we do score early. They will try to attack us more, and then we'll just kill them. Yeah. So it's that's going to be what it's be if they can if their low block is good or if it is stinky. I agree, but I don't want to say it. That was the more like professional translation of what I said. That's that's what I meant. But cool. Is there anything else to add? Is that everything? No, nothing from me. Well, all it's left me to do is to say you should definitely join our Patreon. This will go out for Patreon listeners on, I believe, Tuesday, probably. Sometime Tuesday, Tuesday. yeah. Yeah, and then it will come out for the rest of you on Thursday. So please do listen to it before the weekend game. Um, And you can, if you are not already subscribed, you can subscribe to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash ASAW Patreon. We'll be back next week with we won't be talking about Salford we'll definitely not be doing that but we'll be talking about Chef Wednesday and it's then an international break isn't it so we'll be doing something different I think we might do a Patreon pod talking about the way our squad looks when um, when the window finally shuts and we can all breathe and Adam can sleep um, <laughs> but yeah just see like is the squad actually good basically or like is it is it balanced but yeah we might we might do a breakdown of that next week if we have time nice service a squad sort of audit thing sounds good to you then please do subscribe again that is patreon.com forward slash asaw patreon um all that's left for me to do is to say thank you to martin thank you very much adam and thank you to toldo thank you very much no problem and have a great weekend deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.